What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 19 of the Lunch Hour Sports Show. And happy new year. First pod of 2024. It's exciting stuff, Dan. We are the first podcast to record in the year of 2024. I'm confident of it. Confident. Certain. Certain of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some say we are the only podcast ever. Some have said it, Dan. Mm -hmm. The only real one. Yeah. I mean, exactly. (laughs) It's us against the world. One shower against the world. Jim Harbaugh is our producer. Oh, gosh. That would be uh, problematic with some of the content we've put out over the few recent months, but it all worked out in the end. Um, (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) <laughs> but uh dan did did you do anything fun do you have any exciting new year's resolutions other than our sports ones from last week uh the cold showers which um i, I mentioned at the end of last week's episode i'm, I'm scaling that back to co- last 30 seconds to a minute cold of every shower okay yeah took a little um pre like or not pregame, um, you know, in-game adjustments a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tighten yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tough to walk into that shower with it. With it being... Yeah. I, I I don't know if I could do it. I think I would do better with, like, the cold plunge that there's a lot of folks that are in on right now, mm-hmm. like, just dedicating to dunking into ice-cold water. But, like, I feel like my shower, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta have a warm shower. I, I've run into that. I need at least some warmth. And then to yeah. end with the cold is great because it gives you that like, well, I'm about to get out anyway. And then it gives you that like burst of energy and and it, you feel very refreshed. But yeah, jumping into a cold shower is just the yeah. worst. I think you just need to do a cold plunge. I think you need to get a... Those things cost too much bag. money. I think yeah. cold plunges are like a, a tool of the rich. I, they just... <laughs> I, I'm kind of on, on to this. It's... Okay. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's all right. Same people who are doing cold plunges have their Therabody guns, like getting collecting dust in the closet right now. Exactly, and they're empty Stanley cups, and they're just, <laughs> which is ironic because I bought my fiance a Stanley cup for Christmas. Do you understand how? Like, I read an article today about like that. I think that Stanley like ten x their revenue more, more by after all of this. <laughs> yeah, I think they went from it was like. 75 million to maybe like 750 million. Yeah. In it sales. Was insane. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I but remember just changing their demographic from guys to gals. I remember when they first came out and I was like Stanley Cup and my wife was like, "Yeah, Stanley Cup." And I was like, "Do you mean like Stan- like, you know, I'm talking the thermos yeah. with the little plastic handle with, held on by the two metal mm-hmm. clips and the cap that doubled as your cup?" And I was like, Stanley Cup, and wow, how how much things have changed. Oh, boy. Gotta <laughs> love it. Um, well, let's get into the serious stuff, Dan. Um, I am playing the championship in one of my fancy football leagues. So Is that our um, league? No, I got knocked out last oh, week. Oh, the Philly Dogs got taken out. The Philly Dogs got taken out. But, man, I think I lost by, like, two or three points. It was tough. It, it was tight. Um, it was tight. It was super tight. Now, this is actually my church league. Um, so my team is the 11th plague. And so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All and, you uh, Christians are going to get get that one. <laughs> yeah. So, some, some guys are out there like honking their horns and 
having to pull over right What's now. What's Pharaoh going to do? <laughs> he's, he's not going to win this championship, brother. I tell you that. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's me up against my buddy Eric. Um, his initials are EA, so it's EA Sports. And um, I've got a comfortable, like, 90-point lead right now going into the second week, so Let's I feel go. pretty good. But, um, yeah, I had to I had to throw this in because I've been accused of um, corruption and collusion. And so, because I'm also the league manager, I should have – Oh. Kept that context, but oh, you're like the you're like the Jim Harbaugh of your league. I guess I am. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess I am. It's you against the world, man. It's me against the world. So much adversity. So much adversity. Let me tell you, dude. The group texts have not been kind to me, um, <laughs> but it's fine. I keep offering it. I'm like, we can have an open election for anyone else to take over as commish, but. Um, you know, just you could also just beat me. You could do that too. So that's that's for you guys out there yeah. that uh that that thought I was going to shy away from it. But regardless, the the real stuff, <laughs> the real big games are happening right now. And Dan, let's just go ahead and get it get into this college football playoff semifinal result uh, that we got from both the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, and. This really has kind of shifted from what we're used to, right? Like we have one game that always feels like a nail biter down on the wire, and then one that's just a little bit of a blowout. Which now last year being a little bit of an exception there, yeah. And that both games were that way. Last year's semifinals were the best, but this was this was probably if you're looking at both games on the whole, this is probably the second best semifinal day we've had. Yeah, this was great. Um. Gone are those semifinal games, at least in this format, where there was a, one crazy blowout because both of these games were intense. Um, intense classics. is a good word. Yes. Yeah. Just down to the wire. Everybody kind of given everything that they had. Um, I'm not so sure, actually, I guess. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll talk about Alabama and the <laughs> the... The fourth and goal play. Um, or no, it wasn't fourth and goal, I guess. But regardless, everybody really giving it their full effort and exciting games down to the wire finishes. And um, it was great. So let's just go ahead and get into it, Dan. What do you say? Let's do it. So we, we started this madness with the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of the mall, with number one, Michigan, number four, Alabama. And um, this game was, like, it was a good game, but it, it started off pretty slow. It was more close than good. It, it got really good in, like, the fourth quarter. That's a good way to put it. Close. It, was slo- it was sloppy, but, but, but hard-nosed at the same time. Yeah, so that's what was kind of tough starting out was this game just started very poorly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, right away, first play. Yeah, so we start with the uh, interception, just like right off the bat, just immediately uh, to Caleb Downs. But the refs were like, of course not. Like, that can't be how the game starts. No, so, <laughs> not at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> not at the Rose Bowl. Uh, so that gets overturned. And um, which I, mean, I don't know, that one was kind of, yeah. He was at a, he was slightly out of bounds. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, yeah. 
it was it was exciting, but correct nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and so then I mean we, we go along. We really just we we don't get but um we don't get but what there was it ten. 13. So we were at what 23 points to to end the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh low scoring. And this was kind of turning into a bit of a a defensive matchup coming into it. Not that these offenses have nef- necessarily been labeled as explosive, but it was it was a pretty defense heavy game, at least as, especially in the early goings. And um I'm I mean, there's a lot of credit you can give to Michigan. But props to Michigan on the aggressiveness of their front seven and how they got after Jalen Milrow. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, they got six sacks on the day, and it wasn't like Milrow was running into these sacks. They were just in the backfield in a blink of an eye. The The biggest mismatch of the day looked like the Bama O-line and the, and the Michigan front seven. It was just they came ready to get after those guys. Um, they did a pretty good job shutting down the run game, at least for the first quarter or so. And then Bama started to find a little bit of a groove there. Um, but, yeah, J- uh, Jalen Milrow had a bad day. He he did not he did not play a good football game. Yeah, 16 for 23 for 116 yards. Um, I mean, he, he rushed for 63, you know, so, like, when you, when you couple that in there, like, that's, that's fairly good. That's, uh, that's what he does, too, yeah. Yeah. But they're just the, the passing game was was not really there. No. Um, Burton and Bond combined for sixty eight yards the whole game, and, and one of those was on a twenty nine yard reception to Isaiah Bond. If um, it makes uh, to put that in perspective, Blake Corum rushed for twenty five more yards than Isaiah Bond and Jermaine Burton caught through the air. That that puts it in very good perspective. <laughs> um. Yeah, it just it wasn't there. And I don't know. I mean, of course, I'm like comparing all this to the Georgia game, just kind of scratching my head at points. Um, Y'all really but, messed up. Y'all really messed up. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think it was a mixture of we shot ourselves in the foot quite a bit, had some very bad mistakes that didn't help us in that game, and you know, you beat yourself sometimes, but also Alabama played a magnificent like game against us. Like it was very clean, very well done. Yeah. You know, they didn't make the mistakes that they made in this game. Um, they have a wide margin as a team and they have had all season. I mean, we've seen them play yeah. extremely well. We've seen them play extremely bad. And this yeah. is this is I don't want to say they were extremely bad. This was not their best day. And. No, it was pretty evident that Michigan was on on the day of the game the much better team, even though they made a lot of mistakes and they kind of took a quarter off offensively to let them hang around. But yeah, that's kind of what it took from the game. I mean, similarly, Alabama didn't score any in that third quarter as well. Right, it was goose eggs all around. Yeah, so neither offense uh, just came out firing after the half. But to your point about the receiving yards, it just didn't feel like this offense was able to just do what they wanted. They really, the passing game was not super 
effective. I'm not going to say it was wildly inefficient, but it was not very effective. Um, it wasn't called well, and when there were passes downfield, the you got to give credit to the Michigan DBs. They were making some good plays on the ball. They were really closing down some of those lanes. They Michigan really played and a perfect defensive game to to stymie this offense that that Bama had going, which I was I did not expect that coming into this game. I thought they were going to be bewildered by what this Alabama offense could do, and that just didn't happen. Yeah, well, and, and like you said, big props to those defensive backs because as much as that front seven was getting pressure and getting back there. Full credit to them, but I think you definitely also have to give credit to those DBs back there because they can scheme this thing. Like they can hit quick, you know, mm-hmm. hit guys on a slant or little out routes, different things like that. But they were just not able to get the ball out in time. And, and dude, some and of they the were op- back there. Yes. And some of the open field tackling they were making when they would try a quick screen was just phenomenal. I did it. They they weren't letting anything get by them. It was it was just a perfect play, perfectly played game all around for that Michigan defense. Yeah, no, it was. It was really interesting because I think a lot of the strategy or the thought coming in playing against Alabama, you know, from Georgia perspective was kind of set the edge, make Milrow step up and make a throw rather than scrambling, getting on the outside, having a chance to run, having a chance to extend the play. But Michigan was really bringing that pressure just straight up the middle and kind of forcing him to move and not allowing him to step up, and it worked really well. Mm -hmm. Um, They just kind of had that onslaught where they were going to get to him no matter if he was getting pushed out to the boundary or they were coming in and making him step up. Um, Really well done. And so you got to give big credit to Michigan's defense. Um, and I mean, Alabama's as well was keeping them in that game. They were long yep. enough. Um, it, when this, when they score 20 points and this thing went to overtime, I mean, yes, your offense had to go and score the points, but props to that defense for keeping them down long enough. Well, like this football game. And that was the thing. I think uh, McCarthy played a solid game. He was, he was pretty good. But you could tell early in that game he was worried about the speed of this of this secondary that Alabama had, and Alabama was doing such a good job of suffocating the run game that Michigan had. But Michigan just had this weird way of kind of slowly wearing the Bama defense down, and and the physicality that Michigan brought to the game was not a factor early, but became a factor later, and. Um, do we want to get into the special teams? Because that, that was interesting. <laughs> the Michigan special teams almost lost in this football game in several ways. Yeah, it was not pretty. And very glad, or they are very glad, if anything, that it did not cost them game in the game. Because it's kind of one of those things, special teams is almost kind of like walks in baseball for some reason that analogy is drawing in my head where it's like it's not going to cost you the game but if you mess up enough it's going to create some serious problems and if you continue to mess up in that area it usually doesn't end up end up working well so yeah that makes sense they very much so had to overcome some <laughs> adversity they gave themselves um with arguably the, probably the biggest gasp being right there at the end of the game with that muffed punt. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that was... 
Almost a safety. <laughs> Almost a safety. Like that's ball game. So they had they had two missed field goals. They had the the bad snap on the extra point. Any any one of those three, they win the game before going to overtime. Yeah, Alabama almost had their own kick six type. Yeah, moment. Well, no, because it was an extra point. Forgive me. A kick two. A kick two. You got a kick two. Um, did you did you um, did you feel like there was a moment where Alabama was about to take over the game? It, yes. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because that fourth quarter, for the most of it felt like what I have become so unfortunately familiar with witnessing (laughs) is you kind of feel as though you're ahead. Maybe you've got them. And then just little by little by little, they start to come back and they start to just take control of the game in this very slow and methodical and forgive me for the graphic description but almost like a suffocating way yeah where it's like you were in the lead but you feel like you're losing (laughs) yes Yes. like that's what began that's what i began to feel um for michigan's sake and even once you know alabama took the lead that's what felt so unlikely about how this game ended was usually once they take that lead late that's it Mm -hmm. like it's over yeah and it seemed like Alabama was just doing what Alabama does, but the the Milrow fumble to me changed everything. Even though Michigan got no points off of that, that stopped their momentum enough for a moment to almost reset the scales. And then there in that in those last few minutes, Michigan just sticking to their guns, running the football, um, playing to their playing to their style, wore them down enough that they that they got into overtime. Uh, that drive at the end of the game was phenomenal from McCarthy. I mean, it was. That's that's that. Um, I hate to say that this team has championship D- DNA because they they've just you know they've been the subject of a lot of headlines <laughs> off the yeah, field this year. A few, but that really did feel like a like a like a championship drive in a weird way. And yeah, kind of the, the whole game was they had some things working, some things not, but they, they figured it out and yeah. Well, you would love to say that the championship teams just always handle the business and never get caught, you know, trailing or having to come back and win, but that's, that's not the situation more times than not. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to kind of fight through a little adversity, come from behind and, well, win some games. If there's anything this Michigan team knows about, it's adversity. Oh, gosh. Whether it's self-inflicted or not, it's... Oh, me. On the field, strictly. That's definitely all I meant there. Um, <laughs> goodness gracious. Yeah. I mean, you can create some things, self-motivators, I guess. Um, but I think I saw in the game that they showed a graphic that Michigan had not been trailing in the second half or... Yeah. It Was I that it? it. They had not trailed in the second half of any football game this year. Yeah. So when that happens, there's a question mark. Not of, you know, they can't do it. It's just we don't know because they've not had to do it. So it was huge for them to get behind and be able to march down the field and come back and send this game into overtime, you know. 
um, because they, they could have easily been missing out on that gene that we we didn't know they had. So, yeah, it was it was uh, excellent. I mean, eight plays, seventy five yards, and they got down there and made it happen. So, sent it into overtime. And um, let's just go ahead and, and get into how this thing ended, Dan. <laughs> um, the you could tell that Bama's defense had had enough. They yeah. they had they had uh, Michigan had rung that bell about four to five times too many for that Bama defense, and bl- that run from Blake Corum in the in the night sky of Pasadena, California, to give Michigan the lead that. Honestly, that gave me chills. Like that felt like a classic college football moment. Of and who's a bigger college football guy in the past, you know, three or four years than Blake Corum, and what he's meant to that program. And him running that ball in to give them the lead was just that was picturesque. That was awesome. That was Michigan football at its finest. I, I'm not sure if it was that run or the run before it that gave him the all-time yards or all-time touchdowns, yeah. rushing touchdowns record at Michigan, but um, I don't know. That that moment, just like I was like, this is college football, and I love it. This is awesome. <laughs> yes. No, exactly. Um, of course, it didn't walk the game off, but it, it, it had that flair. Of, it did. With, with the um, Rose Bowl there in 2018 when Sony Michelle runs it in and over time. And well – it wasn't that quite the game off. It wasn't quite that impactful, but I, no. But just, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not quite the same, uh, quite the same dynamic. But it had that flair and that um, theatrical nature, if you want to say. Um, because yeah. yeah, I mean, they went like I said, they went down two plays, boom. And now for a guy who I probably could have got drafted in each of the last two drafts, and he stuck around. I mean, good for him. That was just cool. That was just really cool. Yeah. No, definitely. And so I, I was ready, man. Like I, I was ready for this thing to take a turn and we get a we get a couple more overtimes and just yeah. some serious chaos. Um, fully prepared for Alabama to go down and and go ahead and score and uh and tie and tie this thing up to go and send it into the second overtime. They get down, um, you know, all the way down to the three, um, the three yard line. So fourth and goal. This is after. Uh, I mean, they, they moved themselves down there pretty pretty efficiently. They got down to the nine yard line, uh, first and goal on their third play there. The the tackle for loss there, uh, that five yard loss with the run for Jace McClellan was was not helpful to say the least um you know you you get down you kind of move back and then jermaine burton comes so close on that reception i mean he he kind of did what he could with it mm-hmm. not that he could have made it to the end zone really i mean it's kind of like well i don't know if you can turn back inside rather than outside and have a little more field i don't know i don't i really don't think no nah, i don't think score he, there i don't think he had the angle but it was a good play to set up the the final pull, the shenanigans that went on in the final play exactly um and so here we are fourth and goal on the Michigan 3 yard line this is 
to keep the game alive. And we had what three timeouts back to back to back, I believe. Uh, I think it was just two. Was it I just think it two? Because Harbaugh. Well, so it saw... was um, Burton's injury. Yeah. So it wasn't really timeout. a timeout. Yeah. And, and then, then, yeah. Harbaugh saw something he didn't like, so he called a timeout. And then Saban saw something he didn't like, so he called a timeout. <laughs> exactly. But, and it was funny listening to Saban in the post game. He was like, they were like, uh, what was the what was the thought process on the play call there at the end? And he goes, Well, we called three plays, <laughs> but we only yeah. ran one. Like Yeah. And lo and behold, a low snap was not necessarily the dagger, but it sure did not help matters. <laughs> Which had been a problem more times than one that game. Exactly. Um, there, there had been some funky snaps for Alabama, I don't know, maybe four or five times throughout regulation. Oh, um, well, this game, um, I'm pretty sure in the Iron Bowl, I want to say there was at least a low snap or two in the SEC championship. It, it kind of had been a problem. And yeah. continued think, to rear its head, and it did it the worst possible time. I think there was an early turnover in the Texas game because of that, too. Yeah. Going way back to September, but yeah. It was, so, kind of a plague of the season that still remained even at the end there and i was i was reading through i saw it on twitter and i can't remember who said it so i can't say with how much um legitimacy this should be taken but i had read that the look was that this was likely some like an rpo where oh, definitely was yeah yeah so he was going to have McClellan over there in the flat that really like looking at the replay. I mean, he's a fast guy. He might could have turned it, but he, he definitely, there, there was a defender unaccounted for yeah. that would have had a pretty good angle. It, um, it would have been tough, but it would have been better than what, what Milro did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so once you get a low snap though, of that sort, like you kind of can't do much else. Fight or flight. So yeah, yeah. It's, I think it was just he catches the ball. Now it's time to run, yeah. and it was <laughs> it was about as anticlimactic of a football play I've seen. It in that really type was. Of setting. Yeah, you get ready for you know a lot of scrambling and waiting on a guy to get open. Something in the back of the end zone. Like yeah, a I was back waiting for the, the mini grave digger. Yeah, the mini grave digger, <laughs> and no, just. <laughs> Just head on, just a just right a rugby into scrum. the just yeah. Let me find the biggest butt on this offensive line. I'm just gonna <laughs> run right into it, just right at it. <laughs> just, which yes, it's it it it's uh it's not like no one's never scored on that play, but more often than not, if you don't play for the Philadelphia Eagles, you're not scoring that way. Yeah, and uh, and even then, it's a little more pronounced and designed. Uh, when you do it that way. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I heard what Saban said, you know, that that was kind of in their two-point conversion list, if you would, and that's about the, you know, situation they were thinking of, but it just didn't look or feel right watching it happen. It was interesting. I think that it wasn't drawn up that way, but that's how it played out. Great game. Um I'm not certainly not going to put it in the realm of like Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Ohio State. 
on those like semifinal tiers, but it's like whatever's right below that, this this game fits nicely in. It was um nonetheless, yeah. I still think Florida State deserved to go lose by three touchdowns or more. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's whatever. Just for the sake of the game. <laughs> oh All man. Right, we can move on. Well uh <laughs> Yeah, let's let's move along to the other interesting showdown of the night in the Sugar Bowl. Um, this was a great game. Like, whereas the other one at times was a little slow and maybe frustrating in some ways, this game was rather exciting and fun to watch. Um, close game, tied going into the half, and um, man, just it's it's kind of like one of those you just hate it that somebody had to lose it because Texas yeah. played an excellent game here. They did. Um, I, I didn't know really what to expect out of them. I know we've seen Washington be shaky at times, but just the the ceiling for them is so high. And you, you saw that offense just doing its thing. But Texas was hanging in there with them. Like they were not getting left behind in this game. I know the third quarter was a little lopsided, but Quinn Ewers, I mean, he threw 43 passes. Like <laughs> He he didn't – people aren't talking about him. I know Penix was phenomenal. Yeah, he, he's the spotlight, yeah. And the Atlanta Falcons need to do absolutely everything they can to draft that guy. That guy is he's – the, he's the one you go get. He gives me Lamar vibes. He is so good, dude. And he's just – he throws the he throws the prettiest looking deep ball I've ever seen. Dude, it's just it's sick. It's so nice. Um, but Quinn Ewers had himself a nice game too, and people aren't talking about that. Um, I think he had a lot more, a lot more, kind of in his face. Washington did a really good job of getting home and and kind of stymieing his his pocket. But uh, with what he had to deal with, he had a pretty good. He he did pretty well. Yeah, most definitely. And um, were pretty well balanced. I mean, as a team, they had 180 rushing yards. Um, both CJ Baxter and Jaden Blue, they were they were over 50 yards, I and mean, nobody really kind of ran away with it. But that, Quinn Ewers those had two guys, of his own. Those two guys, that was their offense in the first half. Like, yeah, it was so funny because it was just as though uh, Texas is running the ball quite well, and and that's their thing. Uh, Washington could not, but they were throwing the ball anywhere they wanted to. Oh, yeah. So it was pretty interesting in that way. But, um, yeah, they just kind of go back and forth with it. Washington goes up. Texas answers So a couple drives later. I watched the first half. I didn't watch the second half. I had to go to bed. Um, Well, then let's let you go for it because, honestly, I watched the entirety of Alabama-Michigan, and I kind of had to take a break. I understand that. That was that was a lot to go through. Um, I had the game on, but I did not really tune into this game with full attention till the second half. I watched the first half, and I never, even though it ended tied, I never truly felt like Texas was a threat. I don't know if that makes any sense. I felt like Washington was always in control of this game, weirdly. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Texas was just kind of getting the big plays to to stay in the fight, um, and leaning on their on Baxter and and Blue. Um, it's interesting to me, kind of how we were talking about with Isaiah Bond and Jermaine Burton. Um, 
Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell combined for 77 yards through the air. That's just yeah. not enough from your two guys. And the offense was like not running through them. No. And, it wasn't. and they kind of tried to force it to AD Mitchell a lot towards the end. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't wasn't landing. To uh to com- to uh, compare that to Roma Dunze and and Polk. Oh my gosh. They had uh 247 on only five more targets. <laughs> That's a lot of that's a big that's a lot of yards between those five yeah. targets. That is a yeah. That's Penix was just doing anything he wanted to do, and Washington's defense did a really good job of just disrupting their flow. Um, I mean, Texas's front did a really good job of shutting down the run game, but that's what we kind of expected coming in. That's that's what we saw as their big strength on that side of the ball. Um, so they kind of just took Dylan Johnson out of this game. But when your quarterback goes out and does something like that, it was phenomenal. Now, it is so odd to me that Texas had a, had that much of a shot to win this game in the end. <laughs> that got yeah. funky. Uh, yeah, no, kind of moving along to the end of this game, it really – it felt like Washington had it. Yeah, um, after the was, third quarter – I saw the highlights in the morning. After the third quarter, yeah. it, it, it was like, they're on a roll. They're doing anything they want right now. Texas just can't keep up. But then yeah. they kind of did. It, it felt like it was over. I mean, this this game felt like, okay, like, we're good now. Um, I mean, just talking about overall time of possession here, Washington's time of possession for the game was 36 minutes, 20 seconds, and Texas was 23 minutes and 40 seconds. So that's a whole 13-minute gap. Oh, yeah. um, well, a little bit under 13 minutes. But in that, in that third quarter, I wish I had the exact numbers. But Steve Sarkeesian said it. Like, they just didn't have the ball. Yeah. I, I think that Washington had the ball for something like 12 minutes, and Texas had it for about three. Um, they, Texas, I want to say, had one drive in the third quarter. I could be wrong on that. No, you're but right. Pr- you're exactly right. They had they had one drive. <laughs> yeah. So so one singular drive in the third quarter, and that was it. That that was Washington's moment or quarter, if you would, taking control of that game, making it theirs, it, and it was theirs to lose. And so after that, going into the fourth quarter, kind of felt like okay, yeah, this this is this is it. You know, Washington's just going to go and take care of business and. uh and here we go. But and not to mention after that, that the Texas fumble that then gives Washington the ball back with with the game being 34 to 21. Seemed like it was all over and done with. But oh, yeah. little by little, touchdown from Texas. Washington goes down and get the field goal. Texas really close. You know, they wanted that touchdown there, but had to kick the field goal. Still a good decision in the end, being that they got the stop. And, um, you know, Texas gets the ball back, but the way that they got the ball back, you know, it was, um, it, I it seemed tre- as though, yeah, go ahead. I want to tread lightly here, um, because tread I lightly. hope Dylan Johnson is doing well today. Yes. But dad gummit in that situation, you gotta, you gotta helicopter that guy off the field. Like he's got to go. <laughs> he cannot, 
<laughs> like I need two, here. I need two big O linemen carrying this guy off the field, right? Because, because it was going to go to punt. They were going to have nine seconds when when Texas got the ball back. They were going to have nine seconds. Now all of a sudden they have like forty eight. Yeah. No. And like you said, carry him off. Like you're going to to punt. The punt team's coming out. Yes. So. If it, it doesn't matter if it looks like he's walking or not, if he's getting off the field with you guys are, just get, he's got to go. Get he's got to go. <laughs> um, no, that was a very interesting series of events. Of course, they're they're running the ball, and you know because you got to take off a few seconds. So I, I get it. They were trying to really ice the game. Texas uses their timeouts, and then as you mentioned, the injury timeout that gave so much time back to Texas. And then they go on a drive, man. Yeah. Like (laughs) this thing could have just flopped and been like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, it was pretty unlikely anyways. Um, But here they come with, with 45 seconds, they get the ball down there. They had a couple incompletions, but then that 41 yard pass to Jordan Whittington, Holy cow. He was a stud the whole game, too. Whittington, he had himself a really nice game. He did. As much as we were wondering what's going on, where is Xavier Worthy, where is A.D. Mitchell, Jordan Whittington and um, Jatavian Sanders, mm-hmm. they had a heck of a game. They did. Sanders, especially in the second half. Uh, when I felt like he was the engine that kept that offense running. He he was, I don't know if you can say Bauer, Bowers or... Bowersing that game. That's <laughs> not quite a good uh way to phrase that, but was it was brocking. just like get him the ball. He was brocking. He was brocking out. He was brocking. He's brocking out, man. Brocking out. That needs to be on a on a t-shirt somewhere. Um, but that's what it felt like. Uh so of course, whenever he went down, that was less than great. But even then, once he did, <laughs> the back tight end comes in and he goes and he gets a reception as well. Um, so they were really using the tight ends very well, but, um, yeah, they kept on. So I'm looking at the last drive here. There were one, two, three targets to AD Mitchell that, that just didn't land. It just wasn't connecting. Um, but regardless of that 16 yard pass down to Jaden blue to get to the 12. Um, of course that, negative yardage play when they lost a yard uh, with 10 seconds left on the 12 uh, was ultimately the last bit of yardage that was attributed to them. Uh, three incomplete passes to end the game and it's Did, over, but it it got exciting. It didn't have to be, but it was. I think Sarkeesian's brain melted at the end. Probably <laughs> that was just uh, I don't know maybe maybe it's like it's one of those situations of like uh, if it if it works he's a genius if if it doesn't he's an he's an idiot but I don't know some of some of the plays they tried to run there at the end was just a little I'm like really that's what we're doing here not necessarily the last one I thought the last one wasn't wasn't too bad of a play call but the two before it were just like. Okay, we, you got a limited number of throws to the end zone here. This is what you. This is what we're gonna do. I don't know. Yeah, but the fact that they like made I think it, when it was um when there were, I think it was ten seconds left. Yeah, it was like that's a play call where, or at least the the route option 
that was out there was like assuming you had two plays left. It's like, well, you have 10 seconds. You you don't have guaranteed two you plays don't. left. You don't. You have 10 seconds, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You have as many as 10 seconds will get you. Um, yeah. That's, that's two games late that Texas has not won this year with that in Oklahoma where Sarkeesian just tried something funky and it just didn't it didn't pay off. But I don't yeah. know. Texas really, you know, if it would have felt weird if they would have found a way to win this game with how much yeah. Washington was controlling it anyway. I'm I really like this Texas team. I've been kind of big on this Texas team all year. They're very good, but they're not great. Um, yeah. And this Washington team has that gear of great in them. So I'm glad we got the result that we did. Yeah. And I'm really excited about this championship game. Like, for sure. This is going to be well, awesome. Well, and kind of just some final thoughts, even. It almost felt like Texas was going to do to Washington what Washington had been doing to teams. Yes. All year, which was kind of interesting. And um, of course, championship game will be different. And the situation of this game was a little different. But they even hinted at it, the, broad, the broadcast. Like Washington kind of felt like they were getting a little, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say lackadaisical, but they, it felt like they were kind of they they took their playing foot with off their the food gas. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And taking their foot off the gas, just doing some weird stuff. You know, um, that that one particular play um, where they just kind of were getting a little cute. And it was like, no, just finish this game out. That's not and, how they want to win, dude. They they. They have the flair hey. for the theatric. They, they, yeah, there. That is, that has been evident to say the least. <laughs> um, but yeah, this game ends how, like you said, it really felt like it should have with Washington winning. Um, but props to Texas for great of an effort, great, great season. season. Yeah, and um, they're building think, something there. That's Texas is not going away. Yeah, yeah, I think the college football world needed this result for Texas because if they win this game, it would be like the Phillies fans winning the world series. You know, it It was just not going to be pretty. Yeah. Um, Before we move along to the national championship, just looking a little bit at the new year six action. um, Hey, Missouri played good enough to get into the cotton bowl. They played good enough to win the cotton bowl, man. Um, Let's go. Last week, we both said that we thought they would cover, and them jokers just went on off and won the thing. Yeah. Not in a normal fashion, uh, this game being three to nothing heading into the fourth quarter. Um, it was a tough watch. It, it was a tough watch. Yeah. Yeah, I did not watch it, but... I unfortunately did. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. <laughs> I started questioning things. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. I had a lot of time to think with uh, those... Yeah second and third quarters. But, hey, they scored twice in the fourth quarter, and that's all they needed. They scored more points and won the game. Um, it's just funny to me, you know, Cody Schrader runs for as many yards as Brady Cook threw, and um, that's 128. But, hey, um, yeah, and like, they won it with Luther Burden only getting 15 receiving yards. So, Wow. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, Ohio State putting up their, their most Iowa-like performance of the year. Very much so. Yeah, that was very much so. Um, I don't know, man. I'm fine with Missouri, but they're kind of like the Michigan of the SEC. A little bit, a little bit, (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Brady Cook post game, (laughs) 
and Eli Drinkwitz even too. Just a lot of cringe. Um, Drink a lot of cringe. I'm I'm out on Drinkwitz. Uh, yeah. I used to like him, but I, it's over now, man. I don't know. It's yeah. He's a little too much. Yeah, he's getting into Spurrier territory. Yeah, it was it was it was a bit much, um, a bit much. But so that was a that was an exciting or not really an exciting, but maybe the result is exciting in that um, Missouri beat Ohio State. Um, maybe it matters, maybe it doesn't. Uh, Ohio State two and thirteen versus the SEC in bowl games. Um, Ryan Day is that's the goose egg in three. Versus the SEC, so that's the second year in a row they lost the last two games of the year. We don't have time, but <laughs> is this Ohio State now? Lose to Michigan, play in a bowl game, and lose the bowl game? Like, um, like win every yeah. game except Michigan, and then lose it, lose yeah. to Michigan and your your bowl game? Yeah, this is Ohio State now. I don't think they like that. No, I don't think they do either. I, I I don't think that uh that they enjoy that. But you know, here we are nonetheless. So um that was one of one of the results that we got there outside of it. Um Georgia and Florida State, there's not much to say. Um <laughs> this this game literally meant nothing. Like, literally, literally meant nothing. It the only thing it meant to was Georgia fans that they won a bowl game. This 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 they're Anybody yeah. putting stock in this game of being like, see, told so, you. Oh, so many takes flying, honestly, from both sides, from yeah. Georgia and Florida State and just, the you know, general college football fandom. Well, it was like, like you said, this game means nothing. Nothing. It meant you, nothing. You can draw no conclusions. It was just exciting if you're a Georgia fan, if that. I don't know. At some point, I mean, it's cool to see Gunnar Stockton go do his thing. He I'm looked a big Gunner pretty fan. good, dude. I like Gunner, but you know, Carson Beck's coming back. So I'm shaking his hand. My brother used to coach him. I, that's cooler. No, it's okay. I'm not trying to one up <laughs> you. I just, you know, uh, Raven County Wildcats, where you at? Hey. Um, so, yeah, like you said, nothing to be drawn from this game. Uh, just a big lopsided result and sad for college football and. I have a I have a I have a bone to pick both with Georgia and Florida State fans. Um, Go ahead. The Georgia fans that are like, we should have never fell out of the top four. You're playing a JV football team, dude. Like, chill. I'm not saying that we should have made the playoff based on that. Like, that's yeah. that has nothing to do with any logic. To be or fair, reasoning. I thought I thought Georgia still should have been in the playoff. If if I could have picked my four, I would have had Georgia in it. But I mean, revisionist yeah. history, hindsight 2020. Could you imagine? Georgia in that game with Michigan? It would have been good. I think Georgia probably wins. I think they probably do too. But yeah. I'm again not trying to use this hindsight to just like yeah. any reasonings would be the same as going into that uh, release of the rankings. But you so. know, Florida State fans watching that Rose Bowl. And look, I, I'm a defender. I still think Florida State should have gotten in just on principle. Not because I think they like are in the top four, but just on principle. Florida State fans watching Alabama lose in overtime at the Rose Bowl and saying, well, we could have done that. We could have got in. We could have got in. See, they didn't deserve it. We could have got... No. 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 
And Jordan Travis, I don't know what he was trying to. Uh, did you see his tweet? Yeah, with I don't understand it either. That was, makes no sense to me. Come on, guys. Like on. this game was to be played, and then nobody say a word about it. If this, like, you know, do what? not make any form. Do not formulate any takes based off this result. If this whole thing was that important to Florida State, they should have freaking played in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, because you know what. I'm not really all for this whole claiming of national championship thing. UCF was insanely annoying when that happened and frustrating even. Mm-hmm. But Florida State had a serious, like they, they, they would have had a serious case and I would not have been able to just kind of turn my nose up at that. If I they were like, it. we're claiming this national championship. Yeah. And just like you said, if they wanted to have any claim to it or any standing to reason that way, they should have showed up and played the game. If you go in there yep. and you, Georgia... You can say a lot. Yes. Yes. Now you have nothing to say, so stop talking. I'm back I'm back to Florida State hatred, and it feels good. It feels good. Right back at home. Oh, yeah. uh, Dan's a Falcons fan again, and he hates Florida State, so all is right. In the all world. is right with the world. world. Dude, yeah, the Falcons so, are so bad. They're not eliminated from playoffs yet, though. <laughs> They'll be uh, rooting on the Panthers. We'll see. Just move on. See what happens. Just move on. We don't have to talk about the Fiesta Bowl. We... Yeah, the, the Fiesta Bowl, it seemed like it may be interesting early. It was not. Bo Nix threw five touchdowns. Yeah. They, it, it took was, a quarter for him to warm up. Yeah. And then they just popped off for 28 in the second. Yeah. So um, the rest was just to be played. And then we had the Peach Bowl, Ole Miss and Penn State. I have a take here. Well, I have two takes. Let it fly. I have Let two them takes. both fly. One, that, I, I I cursed Penn State season. I'm sorry. Every, you really did. <laughs> <laughs> you kept doubling down, too. I just wouldn't let go of that team. No. Man. no. At every turn, I was like, this is going to be the one. And they just never. This is the most hollow 10-win season I think a school's ever had. Like, I mean, any time Dan reviewed a Penn State game was just, I really think they're going to let Drew Aller let it fly here. <laughs> they need a new offensive coordinator yesterday. I mean, this is just... I hear that uh, Ference is available. <laughs> I'm not sure it would okay. be... It's certainly not an upgrade, but I'm not sure if it's a downgrade. <laughs> it's Sure. Um, I, my other take is, I think Ole Miss is going to be a preseason top five football team. Top five? Top five. Top I'm glad five. you didn't share this with me pre, pre yep. Eleven win Top season. Five. Eleven win season. They're gonna have so many guys coming back. They recruited well, and have you seen this haul they've got in the transfer portal? It's impressive. They're, they're, they're excited in Oxford. Excited in Oxford. Excited in Oxford. I'm trying to think of an E for the alliteration, or no? Oh. No. Mm. Okay. Over, overjoyed going. in Oxford. Overjoyed in Oxford. Yeah, that's probably about as good as I can come up with. Or you came up with it, but it's shaping up really well. Um, this is the first eleven win season for the yeah. Rebels. Mm-hmm. Lane's doing some good stuff here. He is, man. So it's gonna be an exciting uh 2024 season for the Ole Miss Rebels and We'll see, you know. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be exciting to see. 
there's going to be a whole new SEC out there, and I don't know. Anything's possible. Top five's generous, but not outside the realm of possibility, I guess. So with that, let's go ahead and look ahead to the final college football game of this season. Next Monday, January the 8th, 7.30, number one, Michigan, number two, Washington, in Houston, NRG Stadium. Uh, this is going to be, this is, I don't know. I, I just don't, I'm not sure. These teams are so different. Why like, they're so this? very different. Why are we playing this game on a Monday night, dude? Why do we do this? We always do this. College football, like the NCAA, seems so scared of the NFL. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't either. Just I mean, it's, on, I don't know. No, it makes total sense. Go ahead and play this thing on a Saturday. Maybe on a Sunday. If the, if the NFL expands one more week, we can claim that Saturday. That would then be week 19 of the re- NFL regular season. Maybe so. Maybe. Um, uh, I, I the know. Monday night, the Monday night thing is just it's it's killer. I don't it, know. it feels right, you know, on on New Year's, like watching those semifinal games. When, well, technically you do still have to get up and go to work the next morning, but that feels right. Monday for Monday's sake, it's not too great. I played on a fr- I played on a Friday, dude. Played on Friday. Hey, I love it when the Pac-12 does it. Yeah. I don't know. That's just a gri- that's a gripe I've had for a while. And it's uh, okay. Why are we playing uh, this next year? You know, we're gonna get it. Uh, we're gonna get even more. So the national championship will still be on Monday, but it'll be the following Monday. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. So um, Garfield yeah. Garfield should be running the show from now on because that guy hate it would never put a championship game on a Monday. Never. Never. Never would happen. Hate Gur Mondays. Gur Mondays. <laughs> <Grr> Mondays. <laughs> yeah, always really weird. Like you kind of go into the humdrum day of the week with Monday and you're just kind of getting back in the groove and rhythm of that week and boom. Now you've got a really intense Maddie. college football game. Yeah. So interesting. But coming into this game, Michigan is a four and a half point favorite, just how Washington would like to have it. And, um, this is kind of this is kind of shaping up to be, you know, their best against their best. Washington's offense, Michigan's defense, and I'm not I don't know, man. Like I said, it's just kind of interesting looking at these. I don't know after seeing the way Michigan's defense performed against Alabama if I like the Michigan defense more or the Washington offense. I'm kind of skewed towards Washington's offense just because of how insanely efficient and effective it is like that that one particular pass towards the end of the game in the sugar bowl that michael Penix threw to roma dunze i can't remember where it was or necessarily but like it, it was just a ridiculous pass that like only those two guys are making yeah it was it was very difficult it was somewhat contested and it was just perfect um, there's no defense for the perfect pass. If if Pen- the, the wild card is Penix, I think Michigan has the overall better team. 
But yes, if Penix goes out and throws for 440 again, this what are you going to do? Yeah, because like, Texas was bringing pressure. Oh, yeah. like I don't think that they weren't, mm-hmm. but they were just getting the ball off so quick, and when they got time, they were just launching like launching a bomb down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they were just going to get you either way. It will be interesting, like you mentioned earlier, Dylan Johnson, if he plays in this game. Michigan's going to be well suited. Um, I don't know, Dan. The, probably the thing that I'm putting off is that I think Michigan's balance is better in that the defense, very good. The offense, say above average. Yeah. And yeah, that, um, and that, that um, combination is a little more well-balanced than how good Washington's offense is to how, I don't know, I'd say probably average Washington's defense is. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just adding the sum of their parts, I, like you said, I think Michigan is is the better team. Um, I don't know, man. It's Give close. me a second. You go ahead and pick this thing. It's close. Uh, I could see it going either way. Uh, shout out to the Big Ten for getting two two of their teams in to the championship game. That's pretty oh my awesome. Gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, um, no SEC teams. No First SEC. Time in nine yeah, years. Big Ten. The Big Ten went two and zero over the SEC yesterday. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll save that. And they won the Fiesta Bowl. The Big Ten. What a day for the Big Ten. Um, oh my gosh. But um. All right. You remember back when Oregon, when Washington beat Oregon for the first time, and I yeah. mentioned that there's something about this Washington team that gives me kind of just shades of that LSU 2019 team, just a little bit. Mm, you did say that. I thought it was a little out there, but you said it. I still believe that to a certain degree. And while I do believe Michigan is definitely the more complete team, I do not think Washington has faced a defense that's been that's built like this Michigan defense, and that's going to be a problem. I'm definitely concerned on how well can Washington shut down this Michigan run game. I've seen what Penix can do, dude. And I've, and I've seen that, that Washington just has this ability to win football games, and they're so much more battle-tested. Michigan's definitely passed some tests as of late here, but... I don't know. There's something deep about this Washington team that they're going to win games, and Michigan might be the better team, but Washington's got the best player on the field. Mm, and yeah, that's good. I have not seen any defensive secondary stop these receivers yet, and until I see it, I won't believe that anyone can. So I'll go with the Washington pass game. I think they'll if Dylan Johnson can play, I think they'll be able to run at least somewhat um, I don't, I don't feel like, uh, Michigan is going to time up those blitzes so perfectly again. Like that, that was kind of a, an anomaly yesterday in the Rose Bowl, but, um. Well, this Washington offensive line is very good. It is good. It's very underrated. People don't talk about it, man. It's, it's very good. Um, Definitely, you know, got to worry about special teams over Michigan unless they they fire their uh, special teams coordinator. Um, I think his last name's Harbaugh. 
special teams yeah. coordinator. Yeah, I think yeah, you I don't know, know he's if they been let in that trouble. guy go. He's been in trouble before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, I did have to look this up. Washington's uh, offensive line did win the Joe Moore Award. I thought they did. Oh, they did. They did. That's so, awesome. But th- that to say, don't overlook that. Definitely don't. Uh, so it's going to be a good offensive line they're going up against. I think this is going to be an awesome game. I love that we're getting two undefeated teams. That this feels like, you know, at various times we've thought that Georgia was the best team or Ohio State was the best team. Or maybe for a moment after the SEC title, we thought that Alabama was the best team. But I really do feel like if from, you know, Labor Day weekend to now, we are getting the two best teams in the championship game. And I am ecstatic about that. And um, this can go either way. As of today, I think I'm going to take Washington with, with just a little bit of an edge. I like it. I like it a lot. You know, I, I don't know, Dan. For for sake of diversity, I guess, uh, I, I really like Washington as well. And my the thing that draws me to Washington is that they continue to be the underdog, at least by the betting lines. Yep. And they've even been behind at points in the season, but they continue to find ways to win and they've done it against good teams. Uh, we've talked about that their, their strength of record is the beat the best. Yeah. You know, like they, it's not just like they found a way to win some games and it was against meh opponents. Like they, they've beaten some of the best teams in the country. Um, and through a longer, like Washington season started, Labor Day weekend against Boise State. Michigan season started in late November against Penn State. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100% right. And and like you mentioned, Michael Penix Jr. and and those receivers is just... I'm hesitant, like you're saying, about the 2019 LSU comparisons, but that combo is not as far behind as we may want to think from Joe Burrow... Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Like the these receivers, Roman Dunze, um, Polk, and Michael Penix Jr. are electric. Oh yeah. So I really like Washington for that matter. However, there's just an inkling inside me that understands college football and her fickle ways <laughs> and her desire for chaos and there's just some odd thing that is totally a vibe it's not founded in any logic or reason it just feels like michigan's gonna win the game and they have team of destiny vibes like they really do it's team of destiny vibes they're still very good like coming into the season i mean I, I was fairly high on them coming into the season just because of how experienced they are, how talented they are. I don't think they've fallen outside the top two all season. Is that right? I'm or not sure, but that feel top I three. Mean, top three. Yeah, I think top they slid three. To three I think top three. Georgia and Ohio State were in there, but yeah, top yeah. three. Yeah, no, they they've always been there. You know, kind of like with Florida State, how it was like, well, every time we give them a test, they overcome it. Like Michigan's done that same thing. Yeah. On a on a different level than Florida State with, has with done. With a it. better strength of strength of schedule, yeah. Yeah. 
And um, I know it was close last week, but the thing that gets me, and maybe this is just a little bit of jaded Georgia fans sleeping through or slipping through, the team they beat was Alabama. And, and like, it, it makes me frustrated to know that we now live in a world where a Jim Harbaugh Michigan team has beaten the Nick Saban Alabama team. That bothers me. <laughs> frustrates me. Um, just because of our track record against them historically and all the times we've played them. But if you can get through Nick Saban in Alabama, you can get through almost anybody. Yeah, and, um, that's true. And I still fully agree and think that this Washington offense is electric. The best, you know, wide receiver and quarterback grouping there. But they're also going to play a defense that is the best suited for this. I mean, Michigan yeah. is number one in total defense. Um, they're number two in strictly passing defense. They've only allowed seven passing touchdowns all year. That's nuts. They average 150 passing yards allowed. Like that, that that's just, that's crazy. Um, that I think that's fewest in the country. I don't have time to go do all of it, but I think it's fewest in the country. Um, it's got to be. And, and in scoring defense, they're the top defense there. They're averaging 10.2 points allowed. This is going to be that very well-matched battle of the best, but I think Michigan wins. Um, it just feels that way to me. I would prefer Washington win. I really would. Uh, it would be great for the Pac-12 to kind of go out in that way in its final season, but something about it just sees Jim Harbaugh asking who has it any better while the blue and gold confetti rains down next Monday night. And uh, that's a sad reality that I'm prepared to live in. Yeah, it's very possible, though. Like I said, I might wake up tomorrow thinking Michigan's going to win. Like, this is this is what, what that game's going to be. I think a lot of people are going to change their their lines um, yeah. throughout the week. I love that we get a game that's this seemingly competitive going in. I love that we have some new new blood in the championship game. we got some new colors, new yeah. flags being waved. This is going to be awesome. I, uh, I hate that it has to be played in such a crappy city like Houston, but that's okay. <laughs> Man, really coming after Houston there. I hate Houston. Just Not a fan of Houston. No. Noted. No. Man. Um, but yeah. So nonetheless, here we go. I hope it's a good game. Hope it's an exciting game. I think it will be. And um last game of the four team playoff. So next year will look very different. So we uh have to soak this in no matter how it is and whether or not this championship depending on the result, could or could not be vacated one day. We don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. It feels like it feels like the Bill Self thing when when Kansas won the national championship a couple years ago and they they were handing Bill Self the trophy and they were like, uh, yeah, this is gonna get taken away. And it just never did. I'm not sure anything's gonna happen to Michigan. I don't know. No, no, we're not sure. Yeah. Um Something could should be gone in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, could could be gone in the NFL. Stephen yeah. A. Smith says that the the Chargers need him desperately. So God. we'll see. 
All right. Well, Dan, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. You know, of course, this is the lunch hour. We're going to end with a little dessert. And instead of what some may call a classic whodunit, this is going to be a classic whodonut. Dessert item coming at you. Dessert item coming up. Classic yeah. whodonut. Whodonut. Uh, the NFL regular season is over after this upcoming week. Um, so lots of exciting things going down there, but it was still pretty exciting last week. Um, there was a little bit of controversy in the Cowboys Lions game. I'm sure that many people are aware of this now. Uh, so setting the stage, if, if you're not aware, this game is coming to a close. The Cowboys are, or, or the, sorry, the Lions are down there. They score. Uh, they could tie it up, but that's not the DC way. No, they go for two. Never. <laughs> we're going for the win. Um, no, we're not. We're we're gonna go ahead and, and and step on their throats here now, and uh, and and in the game there. Give me those kneecaps, man. Give me those kneecaps, man. <laughs> I want them. <laughs> What's bad? Um, I want Jimmy Johnson's kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got to do DC in a while. That was, That's great. I needed that. It's been a while. Oh man. Um, so go down and um, surprise, surprise on the two point conversion. Jared Goff throws a touchdown pass to uh, what's his first name? Decker. No, what, Taylor the, Decker. Taylor, Taylor Decker. Yeah. And no, oh my 68. word, sixty-eight. That's important. Number, yeah, number sixty-eight. Very important. Very important. <laughs> Extremely important. Um. He goes down and uh, catches the what is now the you know most likely game winning catch two points. Um, this is great, but in the words of the great Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, they throw the flag and say, I think the official call was the um, was it illegal touching? Illegal touching. Yeah. Yeah. Illegal touching. Illegal touching by an ineligible receiver down. By an eligible. Okay, because I was like, I think they were looking to kind of uh, say that there were several penalties that could have been called. But the issue being here that they say number 68, Taylor Decker, did not report uh, for, for this play to be valid because he is lined up there on the line. And, and he's acting as a lineman, he would have to report that he is going to be an eligible receiver for this to all go down and be kosher, if you would. Uh, so that that's the ruling is he was an ineligible receiver, he didn't report and whatnot. But there was much stir around this video, uh, or at least the replay of it, that shows Taylor Decker um, pretty, you know, uh, intently walking towards the official and seeming to report. But at the same time this is happening, you have number 70 tackle Dan Skipper running on to the play, uh, running on for the play. And the confusion is that apparently he was the one that they said is the eligible or the one that was reporting is well, eligible. What's important there is that Skipper had been previously reporting on formations like that before during the game yes yeah the 
the intent that came out about the video was that Decker was going to report and Skipper was going to like, almost like he was setting a screen. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he was like, very conveniently running onto the field right yeah. there towards the official at the same time as Decker was allegedly he was, reporting. He was trying to like disguise the, the reporting going on mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Cause I'm pretty sure then they just announce it, like shout it. They do the defense. They do. That's exactly what they do. <laughs> so there's not much, you know, I mean, but yeah, I get it. They were trying to cause confusion. Yes. And they did. They did they cause, cause a lot confusion. of confusion. <laughs> they caused so much that the play didn't work. Too much confusion. They it worked too well. Yes. Um and Dan Campbell is is livid. Um you know, I think Skipper's the one we see on Twitter that's just like we're shouting that, you know, he it wasn't him or he didn't say a word or something. I can't remember exactly what it is. Um but you know, Dan Campbell says, Hey, we were we tried to get this thing down to a T on what they were doing, even pregame. And I think in theory, they did, but they made it confusing, like you said. With part the of that, actual, part of that feels illegal. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not calling the number one Dan out for nefarious activity, but that, oh, part of that feels slip like down in the rankings. Yeah, I don't know. Part of that just feels like, uh, hey, we're gonna try something sneaky, and you're gonna make it work for us, okay, guys? Yeah. See you in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, it seems like Dan Campbell had an idea to disguise who they were gonna have report, and they made it so confusing that they confused the refs beforehand, potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of Michael Scott in the office. Whenever he gets the leads from corporate and he's supposed to hand out the leads to the salespeople Mm -hmm. and he's withholding them. He's like, Michael, you have to give out the leads. He says, okay, I'll give out the leads. He's like, you're going to give out the leads. He's like, I'll do exactly that. He's like, so what are you? He's like, you'll hand out the leads. I'll do exactly that. Exactly that. Like he, (laughs) It's it's known that he is going to hand out the leads. It's known that the Lions are reporting these linemen as eligible receivers. But then in reality, Michael goes out and gives the leads to Sir Creed and yeah. all of these folks. Like Meredith then when you actually yeah, yeah, like then when you do it, you're doing it, but in a way that was not really, you know the way you made it seem like you were going to do it, if that makes any sense. You know, it's like you were you were trying to be super clear just so that you could then do something adjacent to that, and now it's very confusing because you made it seem like you were going to do one thing, and then while in theory, yes, you did what you said you were going to do, you did it in a, a different way than would be expected. So I don't know it's kind of lost in translation a little bit. You know, I think there was a statement by the official on what was said and who was actually reporting and how that all went down. But it's just very confusing at the end of the day. Yeah. Extremely confusing. And, um, regardless, they, uh, the two point try there was no good. And so go for it again and unsuccessful. So, well, they go for it again, and then there's the tripping call on Dallas, which felt like a total makeup call. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was like a, the referees were like, we don't know what just happened, so we're just going to give him another shot. And then, then, then Jared Goff underthrows his guy, and 
and they go on to lose the game. Um, yeah, it was, oh man, yeah, because he, he had a chance to get that ball, but just yeah, underthrown. Just underthrown. Um, so, who donut or who done it? I mean, it feels like everybody did it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Dan Campbell was being too confusing. Uh, Taylor Decker maybe didn't speak up enough. Uh, Skipper was being too, I don't know. And the referees were just, the referees are not full-time employees. They probably should be, uh, to yeah. be prepared for situations like this. Sure. They, they didn't know how to handle this. This has never happened before. Um, I'm not saying they should get off scot-free. I think, I think they, um, I don't want to, I don't know how I want to describe what I felt like the refs took in this situation. I felt like they took the path of least resistance. Sure. They just they took the recommendation, and of what they were going to do, and we're like, okay, sure. I don't know what that crazy guy that bites kneecaps is talking about, but we'll <laughs> we'll figure it out when we get there. Probably, and then it probably, happened, and they were just probably like, not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, they're like, ah, uh, we'll be on the lookout for that one, Dan. And then uh, yeah, then it happened, and it was just they were just like, holy crap, what is going? What is this? Um, yeah. It's like saying, be careful on the drive home. There's a 10% chance of snow. Yeah. And then you're driving in a blizzard. And you're like, oh, okay, well. Uh, I knew there was this? A, I knew um, that something may happen, but I didn't <laughs> think it would. Um, I don't know. I think it's just the lion's fault in general, because why would you try and take the spotlight away from Jimmy Johnson on his big night? <laughs> I think I think you're right on the money, Dan. <laughs> That's the answer, man. You just got to. Um, anyway, the Cowboys go on to win the game. I mean, it was a pretty good game. I watched most of it. It was, um, I guess, impending seeding a little bit. It seems like the Cowboys are going to lock up the the NFC East anyway. Um, the Lions have definitely, you know, there was a chance they could be competing for a one seed, but the Niners are taking care of business anyway. So I, I don't know how much this is going to matter in the long run. Yeah. But exactly. It was a fun topic um, for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. It was a little excitement. Yeah. You know, why not? Uh, give us something to talk about, but yeah, it, uh, like you mentioned, it, it didn't really change the final outlook in terms of somebody missing or making playoffs. It's just, uh, it was just confusing and exciting at the same time. So nothing. there are still some unclaimed spots. Go ahead, Dan. Oh yeah. Well, I was just gonna say nothing was as egregious as Joe Buck saying before a commercial break, Monday night football on a Saturday. It's a thing. Oh, Joe. That was rough. That was rough. A lot of things Joe does is, does is rough. Yeah. Um, oh, Joseph. Um, what do you do? Almost as uh, I mean, it wasn't Sean, Sean McDonald's fault, but the mayhem on the sideline that didn't actually happen. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Saw that, so... But yeah, so this week we'll wrap up the NFL regular season. We'll have a college football champion as of next week, so we'll likely recap that and look Probably ahead do another, to another another day late because we want to record on a Tuesday after the championship, right? Yeah, unless yeah. we watch it in real time. Oh, it'd be late though. That'd be rough. I mean, I, I mean yeah, I'll be I'll... up either way, but TBD. We got TBD. we got one more. Total football <laughs> show, and then the week after, I'm going to insist we talk about tennis because the Aussie Open's coming up coming up fast. It'll be perfect timing. Yes. I mean, unless we're going to get into the NHL, something's going to have to happen. We, we um, already did. We, we did our sporkle. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did our sporkle. That was all you needed to know. Exactly. Um, 
yeah, and so then we'll have a little bit of NFL playoffs to look at, and well, it'll be exciting. You know, we still got some we got some exciting postseason sports going on that that we're looking forward to here. So, thank you guys as always for starting off your new year right, listening to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Um, go ahead if you haven't already and like and share the podcast, rate and review us. Um, we're, we're, we're out there on the socials. Dan put out some excellent content this past week, especially with, uh, the Dabo, um, Gatorade bath. That was, that was, that was entertaining to watch. I appreciated that. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, go follow us on go Instagram page. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, at lunch hour sports on Facebook at the lunch hour sports show. And we will be back with you guys next week. I'm your host, Jake. Join as always our co-host Dan. You guys have a good one. We'll talk to you soon.